Last time on Day Players. I'm playing Pavel Greycast, Eldritch Knight, devoted to protecting Alexandria Fantasia. We'll be playing Alexandria Fantasia, a tiefling wizard. She is a member of high society. Drat, a human necromancer, has an ugly face and a heart of gold. Our players are cordially invited to the manse of Burzen Saladrastok. Burzen himself is an animus wizard. Have I died? Yeah, you died. That guy's a fraud. It's all necromancy. I have a way to give you a body. Your father, he is enslaving souls over and over and over again. Father, you are a monster. Do we still have access to that room of oddities? There is the jam that is the, the best flavor, right? Better than anything else in the universe. If Burzin is a necromancer, shouldn't I be able to use the prism? I would like to heist crystal. Thanks a lot for all your help, kid. This prism's gonna make me a fortune. Did we need that crystal? Yes. There's no way to return the souls without it. After all I care about, the soul of Alexandria Fantasia, putting it back in its rightful place. The thief is on a course to the Nine Hells. I can only imagine what horrifying things he will do with a device that can control souls. Please take my mechanical transportation device. Good luck in catching the thief. I want to hit him with the car. He goes, skips off the guardrail, plummets into the sea below. No, oh, the crystal. There's a loud splash. We'll go ahead and exit initiative. What are you guys going to do? It's a good thing I don't have my armor. <laughs> Nothing to weigh me down. Going for a dive. Oh, okay. What a gentleman. What are you better at, athletics or acrobatics? Athletics. Yeah, roll me an athletics check as you dive off the side. Uh, that is a 17 plus 7, 24. Oh, ho, ho, big rolls. <laughs> yeah, so what does this look like? This is going to be your standard dive. We're going to run at it, leap. And you know what? We'll do a toe touch. Ooh. Bring the Ooh. legs up, straight down and dive. Breach the water and quickly do a nice overhead crawl straight to Isaac's body. Peter bringing in his actual swimmer knowledge. <laughs> yes, <laughs> high, high tech skill there. The the image of Pavel cutting through the surface tension of the water is like a hot knife through butter as you slide in. You can see, sinking down in the depths of this lake on Synthos, Isaac Mistmaker, floating down, obviously unconscious, hands reaching, uh, reaching out towards the water's surface, and floating out of his jacket, you see the control prism twirling slowly in the waves. I go for the prism. You swim for it through the water, doing that overhand crawl. Is that what it was called? Yeah. Okay. They would do the overhand Over, crawl. Overhead crawl. Overhead crawl. It's, it's 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 front stroke, but you know you keep your head out of the water. Ah, uh, I see. Oh, there you Doing go. that overhead crawl as you go straight for the prism, reach out and grasp it. You finally reclaim this thing. What about Isaac? You see him sinking down to the bottom. I will go and rescue Isaac. Through the cold, dark water, you reach your hand around Isaac Mistmaker's frame and start to drag him back towards the surface. As you begin to ascend, you look out and can barely see through the murky depths of the water across the bridge on the underside uh, in the water with you. This slight shadowy image of this eight-legged figure reaching out to these two goblin figures and basically just grabbing their head with one tentacle and the body with the other and twisting and you hear this like these like cracking noises going off and then underneath the octopus thing you see a slight crack in the water start to form a rift in reality a red light begin to leak out from underneath the octopus huh 
That's about 60 feet away, uh, hard swim. You come out of the water and break the surface, gasping for air, 20 feet down from the bridge with Isaac in tow. Uh, I will try and signal my friends to come over here. Pavel, take my hand. And I'll shoot my rocket hand down for him to grab onto. Oh, nice. It spirals down. You grab a hold of Pavel's hand, and there's a sharp yank, Pavel, as both you and Isaac are pulled back up onto the stone bridge over the guardrail. Are you all right? You had one hit point left, and that water looked very cold. One hit point is plenty for a nice cold swim. I brought Isaac back. Didn't feel right for uh, for him to go down into the depths. Yes. The crystal. I'm sure he has not overused his uses. I'm like, skid to a stop. Step out, like one foot out of the car, like leaning on the open door. I push my sunglasses up. That's, Damn, how, that's how it is. <laughs> so cool. Elaware leans out the window and then opens the door to Cogsman's car and says, The crystal. Did you get the crystal? It's right here. I pull it out from a pocket. She swallows and you see this immense look of relief go over her face. Isaac's head like lulls to the side, blood running through from his nose and eyes. And he just kind of hangs there unconscious. And there's a quiet moment where the rain of Synthos falls down upon all of you. Off in the distance, you can see the reflections of uh, lights going off against a cloudy sky, yellow, green, and red, blue, and purple, and the soft thumbing noise of deep dance music coming from somewhere. And then, behind you, there's a loud splashing sound. Coming up out of the water, you see this red hand, massive, probably about five feet in diameter, come shooting out of the water and grab onto the side of the guardrail. It has long yellowish claws, and you can see like the water on the other side of the bridge where you guys are boiling and popping and fizzing all over the place. And then as you look, Another hand comes up and grabs the other guardrail on the bridge and pulling its face up over the edge of the bridge, you see this large red demon-like head emerge. Bat-like in its features, uh, nose sunken into the face, eyes sharp, the eyes of a predator, and two long horns on its head that go back and curl. And it grins a large toothy grin and says, hello. You have something that belongs to my master. And uh, it reaches down with one hand, and you can see it lifts up Ludwig, that octopus uh, devil I described earlier, and it squeezes its tight in its other hand. And Ludwig turns to this larger uh, devil and says in Infernal, You see, my lord, Uh, I told you, it's a good thing we had spare material to finally summon you in. Kill them and take the crystal. Kill them right now. The devil turns towards Ludwig and nods and says, Excellent work. You led me right to them. And then he brings Ludwig over to his mouth and opens his mouth and with a final chomp, bites Ludwig's head off. Uh, in one swift go. Ludwig utters one quick scream, and then he's gone down the monster's gullet. The thing chews a couple of times and then swallows and says, I'm in a forgiving mood today. I was in the middle of a nap when Ludwig called me. So if you just hand that over, I can get out of here and leave you with your pitiful lives. Elaware drops to her knees in despair. That thing you hold. It's the key to soul. So many souls. So much delicious souls. We devils thrive on those things. Nothing in the universe. Nothing 
Tastes better than souls. <laughs> Thank you, James. <laughs> Alexandria will step up and say, I've no doubt that souls are a delicious aperitif after a long demonic nap, but I'd be willing to bet I can think of one thing more delicious than souls. <gasps> Pavel will pull out a jar of jam. <laughs> <laughs> Mm. I know it seems like a simple jar of jam, but I know you demonic types are fond of making deals. I'll make you a deal. Pop this sucker in your mouth, take a little taste, and if you don't find it to your liking, the prism is yours. But I suspect that won't be a problem. Please, have some jam. <laughs> I uncork the top and offer it to the demon. <laughs> A foolish notion, humans. <laughs> you should know that I'm immune to all forms of poison. There's nothing in the universe that could satisfy me other than the fresh, delicious taste of souls. And he reaches down with two fine nail-like claws to grasp out at the jam and takes it and brings it forward and says, This pathetic attempt at treachery is laughable. Let me show you how foolish you truly are. Oh, you've seen through our gambit. What a, what, oh, alas, alack. And he chucks the jam jar into his mouth and crunches it glass and all. What, what is this? What is this? His head like shifts back slightly and he turns to look up at the scintillating colors of Synthos high above him. You can we can see the reflection of these colors in the demon's yellowed eyes, and he says, "It's, it's too beautiful. It's too wonderful to express in words. What have you done to me? Where, where is more of this jam? I must have it. Give it to me. Give it to me now." Oh, excuse me, Mr. Demon. You ate all of the jam just now. There is no more. Impossible. Impossible. There must be more somewhere. That can't have been all there was. Where did you get this? How could I get more? Why, it sounds like you have a quest you should go on. A quest for more jam. He could call it the jam session. <laughs> <laughs> he lets out this unearthly growl. Just... <laughs> and like lunges forward at the three of you and snaps his jaws in fury. But slowly pulls back, bound by the restrictions of the deal you made. And says... I, I will have to quest for the rest of my eternal life for something as delicious as this. You've ruined me. You've ruined me. He swallows and says, Be gone. Be gone from my sight. And he waves a hand, and this rift tears open in space-time, and through it you can see a portal leading back to Burzen's manse. And he says, Be gone. Back to that pathetic mage you came from. And he slowly sinks down beneath the bridge. You hear the water bubbling and fizzing, and this massive red light shines up from beneath the water as he disappears. Well, I'm certainly not jelly of his situation. <laughs> oh, mistress, your wit is not impacted by your mechanical form. Yes, I am as sharp as ever. Only the highest quality quips from Alexandria. Elowar rolls her eyes. <laughs> I'm a little jealous. Kind of was hoping to get a taste of that jam. 
Mm, yes. Now none of us will ever know if it truly was delicious. That is a bit of a shame. And only Burzen knew where it came from. Oh, mm. I guess a demon that can travel dimensions could find Burzen eventually. Better we not think overly long on it. There are other earthly delights that await us. And uh, if I'm being completely honest, the idea of that jam is less appealing in my current metallic form. Yes, let's get your body back. Oh. That, that way you can be a proper bride. We'll find someone. <laughs> Let us away to the manse. Let's all hop in that car. Yeah, let's get in. You hop in the car, turn it on, it grinds to life on its last legs, and you slowly roll through the portal back to Burzen's manse, bringing it to a screeching stop right outside the mansion's front gate. The mansion itself no longer has fog exiting from its windows and doors, uh, and you see the corpses of several uh, dead demon monkeys strewn across the garden lawn. Cogsman comes walking out of the manse, wiping some blood off of the blades extending from his hands as he sees his car, broken but mostly intact, shudder back to the ground as it leaves the portal. The portal closes behind it, and he comes walking down the steps. On his way down, there's this yell from behind him, this like, ah, ah, and this monkey like leaps out of the manse's door going straight for him, and he whips around and cuts the thing's head off in one smooth motion, and the body and the head go flying over him, clattering down the steps, and he continues walking towards the car. He says, ah, my friends, I see you've returned from your journey. Were you successful in your quest? Uh, hold up the crystal. We've got it. We've got the crystal. Yes, and my father has been banished to a plane of no return. Excellent. Then we only need return the crystal to the lower levels and free the souls trapped in Burzen's manse once and for all. All right, though. It seems that uh, things have been very busy at the party since last we were here. Yes, I have spent the past three hours, 53 minutes, 42 seconds, and 23 milliseconds, killing a total of 47 monkeys from the second hell plane of Dis. Oh my. It was quite the ordeal. That sounds like quite the ordeal. There's more than when we started. They multiply. Oh my. Well, I'm very glad to see you all right. Um, I wish we could say the same for your wondrous carriage. Um, it really took things to the limit. Yes, I, I believe that we would like to buy one as well. If you don't mind, mistress, I had a lot of fun driving this carriage. But of course, Strat. Oh, once this is all through, we will get a carriage and we'll have to requisition some land for a, a, some kind of driving course. I think it's time we head on down to the basement. Yes, as you say, Cogsworth, uh, all racing talk aside, we must make our way down and free these souls, including mine. Mm-hmm. Cogsman leads you through the front door of the manse. Uh, what do you guys do? I'm assuming, do you grab Alexandria's body or? Oh, yeah. I mean, oh, we're, yeah, we're yeah, right yeah. outside. Yeah, so might as well. Yeah. It's, we left it in uh, our carriage. Sir Pavel, please. Uh, oh, I'll handle you with care. Of course, mistress. Uh, so Pavel lifts uh, Alexandria's body up and you carry it forward into the manse, into the main foyer hall. Any of the party guests who remain alive are sitting in chairs, uh, breathing heavily. 
Several of them are crying. Many of them ha- have these distraught, despair-like look on their faces. A couple of them may be in shock. There, there are a couple who are getting out these like parchment-like scrolls and starting to read words off of them, and light like shines off of the scrolls, and then uh, some of the wounds on the bodies of their compatriots heal up. But uh, the, the bodies, of course, don't come back. Uh, they do this intermittently. You guys walk through this scene as... Uh, Cogsman says, where is the basement? And uh, Elaware uh, points off down a side passage from the main foyer, and she says, in that direction. Oh, yes. Cogsman turns, and uh, you guys head down that hallway until you come to a wooden door with a stone staircase that spirals down deep underground. Uh, As you begin to walk down, you can hear that similar clanking noise of the big cog that Pavel and drat heard when they went to try to shut off the water main and eventually walking down this spiral staircase you come in front of a door made out of blackest obsidian with a single white circle uh, near the top of it a number of cobwebs lay in front of this door it hasn't been disturbed in quite some time Mm, yes this is very typical necromancer room I will crack my knuckles rub my hands together take Burzen's severed hand. Put it on the white circle of the on top of the obsidian. You place it in the center of the white circle, pressing it firmly against the stone, and in a few moments you feel the door shift a bit. Some of the cobwebs get disturbed. Like a gout of dust flies up as the door slides back as a single unit, uh, sliding into the left side of the wall with a rumbling noise and coming to a solid stop with a loud bang. Beyond, in the room, you can see that it's a circular room, probably about 60 feet in diameter, in the center of which sits this odd creature, maybe made out of stone, maybe it just has grayish skin. It's hand in the shape of a triangle over a opening, a wound of a triangle in the center of its chest. It has, it has two large holes on either side of its head, out of which flow two bluish plumes of smoke. And uh, looking up above it, uh, towards the ceiling of the room, you can see this mass of swirling ghostly souls flitting about and dancing in this huge bluish cloud above the creature's head. They swing out of, the, of this orb every now and again. An individual soul will like, swing out of this orb, and yell something unintelligible, and then go spinning back into the ball. Elaware puts a hand over her mouth in shock horror, the whole realization of what her father was doing finally coming home to roost. And she says... We have to free them. Free them. Oh, we, I'm sure we will, mistress. It's just that this necromancy work is rather elegant. To think that such a contraption or, or, or jailer such as this exists that can contain so many souls, it is curious. Don't get too excited, Trat. Well, at James, I'm actually curious if this thing is going to come alive when we put a triangle in it. So... Is there some sort of arcana check I can make on the necromancy? Sure. Uh, so your intent is to think, see if you can figure out if this thing is going to come to life. Yeah, go ahead. I only got an 11. Mm-hmm. It is a creature. It seems dormant. You're okay. not sure. So it, it definitely seems more than a statue. Yeah. Okay. Well, Alexandria, perhaps you should do the honors. Oh, my... I guess we have a triangle-shaped object and a triangle-shaped hole. Uh, let's let's get to it. Uh, if I may have the prism. 
Of course, here you are. Thank you. Gentlemen uh, and Elaware, I just want to thank you for helping with all of this. I know it's been very difficult, but well, I'm just going to be very grateful to be back in my regular body. Okay, well, here goes nothing. And Alexandra will walk up to the creature and gently tuck the prism into the triangle-shaped hole. As you draw closer, you can feel this ambient wave of energy pulsing out from the ball of souls. You can't really feel things in your current form, but if you could, you would feel this wave washing over your skin in a constant repetitive pulse. And as you insert the crystal into the creature's recess, it shrunks home, and then the flesh of the creature closes up around it, sealing it inside. Slowly but surely, the hands of the creature begin to untighten, untense, relax, and then depress and they slowly move as life comes back into them. Its fingers begin to wiggle, and it pulls its hands away from each other and begins to slowly stand up. The swirling blue cloud of souls coming out of the two holes in the side of its head dips down and begins to get drawn into the creature's form. They begins to suck them in entirely, just down into its head. After a few moments, all of the souls are completely inside the creature's head, and then it reels back and lifts its hands out on either side, uh, akimbo, and there's this massive explosion of blue energy as all of these souls go skyrocketing off of the creature's form and sail up intangibly through the ceiling of this room, disappearing. There's loud screaming going on from every single one of these souls. They sail back across the multiverse to their original bodies. Upstairs, you can hear shouts of rejoicing and clapping noises as the dead party guests begin to come back to life. The ones that were healed up anyway. Um, you know intrinsically that somewhere across the multiverse, many other things must be finally getting their souls back. Things that have laid long dead in tombs and maybe should not have been released. But who knows? Uh, one soul in particular, you notice Alexandria, spirals away from the globe and sails straight back towards Pavel and uh, passes by him, looping over his head and curves to the left and comes to rest into the left back corner of the room. And then you feel your own vision blackening inside of this metal chassis that you're in as you suddenly get yanked out of it and finally pulled back into your own body. <laughs> Oh, uh, I, I set her on the ground. Uh. <coughs> uh. When you don't use your lungs... Oh, oh, my voice is so weird. <laughs> when you don't use your lungs for a few hours, they get a little, a little shabby. Hello, everyone. Are you all right? I... I Lady Alexandria? I... Yes, I seem to all be all here for the... For, for the most part, uh... Yes, no harm, no foul. Oh, this is wonderful. I'm, I'm like hungry. I can feel the stone again. I am going to miss the chest flames, but you know, small sacrifices. The armor that you were in shudders for a moment and then clatters back to the ground, uh, falling on its back with a loud bang that echoes throughout the chamber. Cogsman says, excellent. It looks like we have freed the imprisoned souls that we're here. Thank goodness. We can only hope that there are no other atrocities hiding within this manse. And then, from the back left side of this room, out of the shadows, you see a small, hunched form of a creature crawl its way out of the darkness. 
its skin is green and rotted and it pulls itself across the ground this like dark green burlap hood over its head and slowly shambles up to its height of about four feet throwing its hood back to reveal a grotesque face covered in boils and pockmarks down the left side the right side drooping from some unknown disease its yellow fevered eyes open and it says excellent work uh the curse maker i presume what gave it away um uh, I don't think it'd be very polite for me to mention. Looking around, he looks around at all of you, and he says, Where is Burzan? Where is that fool's dead corpse so I can take it? I will pull both hands out of my cloak, and I'll hand the two severed hands to the curse maker. I am afraid that this is the only corpse of Burzan that we have right now. He gingerly takes the hands and looks at them, and he says... What are the rest of them? Were they incinerated? He's been imprisoned on a plane far from here. His eyes narrow and he stares over at you, Alexandric, and he says, This was not our arrangement. Well, yes, but we kind of figured close enough. I mean, you know, we didn't really feel right taking the life of the man in front of his own daughter. And besides, as as Sir Pavel said, he is imprisoned in another dimension. Yes, if it makes you feel better, curse maker. It is like an afterlife. It is a, a beautiful paradise. Well, it is know. like many cultures believe the, the death is. A paradise? He throws both of the hands and they bounce off of the ground behind him. You I'll prison. scatter over. I'll scramble over and pick the hands up. We might need them. Curse maker, you are a bit ahead of yourself. We've shown you the curse. You have it in front of you, his hands. He's in paradise with no hands. Ah, yes. It is poetry like the curses that you do. You see, you could also kill, but you curse. We could also kill, but we curse. Yes, just think, for an artificer, losing your hands, the, the, the very soul of your work, well, that must be a fate much worse than death. He was never an artificer. He was a second-rate necromancer at best. Well, well, he's no longer one anymore. Hard to cast spells without your hands. I'm infuriated that you have not stuck to the terms of our arrangement. But, given the poetic justice which Burzen has apparently suffered, being trapped within paradise yet not being able to enjoy any of it, I suppose... I can restrain myself from delivering some form of retribution. Braytel, what was the name of the plane that you banished my mortal enemy to? Uh, Ryza. Ryza. He grins, and you literally hear the skin on his face crack as he smiles. <sighs> and he says, Excellent. I shall make arrangements for a journey there post-haste. Um. Oh, Braytel, Mr. Curtsmaker, but... Maybe it would be in your best interest to go quickly. You may not be the only one trying to find Burzen. He turns towards you and says, And why is this? Well, Burzen has many enemies. Some of them are massive demons of impossible scale. And maybe they would also like to have a word with him. I see. I see. Perhaps I'll just grab my favorite snack and... Stop by for the show. Um, if we could stop talking about the poetic death of my father for a moment. 
You are the curse maker, my lord. I am Burzen's daughter. Many years ago you burdened me with a curse to sing everything I say and be overly theatrical. And to be honest, I've gotten quite tired of it. And I'm sure my audience has as well. <laughs> <laughs> the curse maker pauses for a second and looks at Elaware and says, Ah, yes, I, I did curse you as punishment for your father's crimes. I, uh, I suppose no reason an innocent girl like you should go around having to sing everything. As far as curses go, it's not really that bad, to be honest with you, though. I've seen far worse. Anyway, yes, uh, give me a moment. He reaches uh, deep into his coat, and you see him pull out this uh, tiny little glass vial, inside which you see this uh, small little, like, gray uh, devilish thing with horns and sharp teeth, and it rattles around inside the vial, making no noise but appearing quite animated. The curse maker brings this vial up to his mouth and uncorks it and whispers something in a language you don't understand to this creature. The creature stops moving upon hearing the curse maker's voice, and then the curse maker recorks the vial and puts it back into his cloak. And he says, it is done. And Eloire pauses for a minute, not wanting to say anything. And then she finally says, really? Is it, is it truly? Yes. Oh, I don't have to. I can be discordant. Yes. Oh, oh, thank you. She looks at all of you. Thank you so much. I, I, I feel as if I have my life back, which is ironic considering all of the souls that we've returned, but still. Just one more free soul. Thank you, uh, curse maker. I, I'm grateful. Anyway, uh, I must be off. I have a show to attend. Yes, yes. Any of you, he says, pointing at the three of you, if you should ever be in need of work or uh, in interest of making a fair amount of coin. And uh, he uh, reaches into his robe and takes out these business cards uh, like tiny pieces <laughs> of parchment that have worn away and yellowed with age. You can barely read what's on them anymore. And he's like, oh, yeah, that makes sense. Look, uh... <laughs> Great. I'll, I'll be in touch. I have a few jobs for people with your capabilities. And he hunches up his shoulders, uh, cracking a few of his bones as he does so, and uh, wanders out of the room. Where is my useless servant? And he begins to ascend the stairs. As he walks away, Alexandra will look after him and say, Sir Pavel, I believe we have finally met someone who neither of us want me to wed. Oh, yes, yes. Of course, of course. I, I thought that too. And uh, <laughs> I'll turn to the side, pull out the list, and cross out curse me. Fucking leaving all options on the table, baby. Oh, yeah. He's a powerful Death wizard. Uh, he is. Yes. Yeah. A man of business, enterprise. It's true. <laughs> Surprising. Man of notoriety. Notoriety. Yes, notoriety. Yes. People know who he is. He's, he doesn't fuck around with uh, any fancy names. He, he's, he is what he does. I suppose... All that's left to do is wish everybody a blessed night and uh, 
finally close this party down. Oh, Mr. Cogsman, I don't think we should be so hasty. After all, I suppose the new inheritor, and I will point over at Elaware, she has just regained her whole life. Such joy, such promise. I would say that now more than ever is a time to party. I would very much agree. And uh, you guys go to head upstairs. Oh, oh, hell yeah. Oh, yeah. Hell yeah. It's party. We got to get to that dance yeah. floor. There's one more thing we should uh, deal with. Uh, the yes. creature behind you that released all of the souls. Hmm. After doing so, it's fallen back onto the stone ground of this underground chamber and appears to be quite dead. Oh, I suppose I should check and see if this is another captive of persons. Or maybe it is just another corpse. I'd like to do, I don't know, medicine, investigate, figure out what it is. Oh, you're trying you're trying to figure out oh you have you have no idea what this thing is. It's it's weird. Oh, I know. Alien. Oh, okay. But I mean like, you know, signs of life kind of thing. Sure, sure, yeah, go ahead. Go ahead. I rolled a two. You rolled a two? So yeah. <laughs> Drat moves over to the body and uh, starts inspecting it, checking it out, that sort of thing. As the creature lies there, apparently lifeless, um, there is a moment where uh, you see this faint gust of air go towards its mouth as it begins to inhale slightly. And as it does so, uh, you see the dead rat on the end of your stick jerk a bit, and then its eyes open briefly, and it turns towards you and goes... And then the creature exhales, and the rat falls back into lifelessness. Oh, father, no, what happened? You were back, if only for a moment. Drat, what are you, uh, what are you doing with that creature? We have a celebration to get to. Oh, yes, a celebration. Uh, yes, we should get back to it. We'll go right ahead. Don't worry about me. Very well. Well, uh, you know where to find us. Oh, I'll, I'll just... Make sure all the all the souls go away. Make sure all the souls get back to where they need to go. You know, all souls can hide all over the corners of a room like this. Uh, yeah, that's a good idea. Mm. I should, and Pavel will look down to his rapier wound. Yeah, I should probably sit down. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I'll, I'll be upstairs. Oh, yes, maybe uh, Elaware can find us some potions or something along those lines. Uh, it's, I'll be fine. It's a flesh wound. Just gotta sit down. You know, world's fading, but uh, I'll be fine. I'll be fine. I can, mm. I can try to find something. Let me come with you. Yes. Let's get this party going. Does everybody else but Drat head upstairs? I, mean, I go upstairs. He could be alone. Drat, I could be alone. Drat, I'm a servant. Him. I'm you know, trustworthy. Trust Drat. Everybody trusts you know, Drat. A little. Okay, so Drat remains down below as everybody heads back up. Uh, what's what's going on? Well, I seem to have discovered a some sort of crazy mechanical creature that can bring things to life and take life away with no effort. It's just by the very breath. Hmm. Now that I'm alone with this thing, and I don't expect anyone to come back for a while, hmm. I would like to cast Animate Dead with my last third level slot. Oh, nice. What does this uh, look like when you cast Emmet Dead? I turn back. Is the obsidian door closed? It, it, it can be. There's a lever on the other side you can pull, so you can just do that. Ooh, here, you know what? If it has the same mechanism as the outside to lock it, 
I can walk over to the empty doorway, pull out the severed hands that I'm still holding on to, close the door. Okay. Nice. Head back over to the body. And then a serious expression passes over my horrible face. And then I will put my hands down onto the, onto the, the alien body. My eyes roll back and I begin my crazy chanting. And chanting in tongues and chittering and, scrap and scratching noises, clinging harder to the flesh of the body. And then I pull out my dead rat and then I open the mouth of the rat and necromantic energy pours out like a black oozing liquid all over the corpse. And that is how I will try to animate this being. As the black liquid pours out over the corpse, it seeps into every pore of this creature, disappearing into its form. A couple of heartbeats pass, and then there's a shudder of the creature's form as its hands suddenly shoot up high above its chest, pointing straight up towards the ceiling, palms upward. It slowly brings them back down to its side and uses them to sit up slightly off of the ground. It turns its whole head towards you, and uh, it emits this sound from its head holes that sounds like the voices of many people screaming at once. As it does so, the sound like washes over you, and the creature pauses for a minute and then waits and says, uh, in a language you can understand, common you think. Uh, you don't know if it's speaking into your mind or just saying these things out loud, but you can understand it. And it says, you, you are my new master. Oh, a, a master, I, I, I am a master of you? Yes, yes, I think so. Master, I am Extraplanar Inmate Containment Unit 02X73. It is a pleasure to meet your acquaintance. Oh, thank you, Containment Unit. The pleasure is mine. Smash cut. As you guys come upstairs, ready to party, like cheering and yelling, you come up to a scene of a number of party guests kicking the food and drink tables over. Several of them are screaming in penitent rage. Two of them go striding right out the doors to the manse. Somebody picks up a chair and hurls it through one of the windows. And uh, you hear one of them yell, Yes, take that, Burzin, you arrogant fool! Throw a party where at least 70% of us die? You'll be hearing from my litigators! <laughs> I'm going to have you tied up from here till, till I don't know, a, a dramatically appropriate holiday. That particular party guest goes storming out of the uh, uh, front doors of the manse. Elaware puts a hand over her mouth and she says, I, I suppose we're the only ones who are really in a celebratory mood. Uh, Someone understandable, I, I guess. And uh, you see the two fishmen people I described at the start of this whole thing wheel around and float their way out of the manse and uh, as they float out one of them turns around and just throws up a fin and shakes it and burbles some bubbles that go up towards the ceiling they pop and they leave and slam the door behind them uh, another uh there's a moment and this this small boy with like black oily hair with a curly cue wearing a little suit comes running over to you alexandria comes over and just kicks you right in the shin uh, <laughs> uh, ow! What? 
What was that for? And, and you look down to see the form of Prince Curlin looking up at you. And he says, This is the worst party I have ever been to. And for some reason, some penitent rage I don't understand yet because I'm still immature, I'm angry at you about it. I hope this doesn't manifest later in life as some sort of deep anger towards women. I'm sure it's probably fine. He, he points at Pavel and he says, Cross me off the list! And he... <laughs> Sir Pavel, surely not. Uh, and he pull, I pull out the list, scratch it up. Uh, you know, it's... No, don't need to be, you know, too crossing out too soon, you know. When you said he was a young prince, I must admit I did not think it was going to be quite that young. I could be his mother. I rounded up, okay? That's very weird. <laughs> that makes me feel weird, and I'm not even human. Well, I mean, he would be old enough eventually if Alexandria doesn't, you know, wed soon. Yes, or die It was again. a possibility. I'm looking towards the future. I just can't stay mad at you, Sir Pavel, even though it is very weird. <laughs> well, I think we can all agree that uh, I don't think my suitor was found this particular evening in the midst of all of this there's a there's a noise from behind you of cogsman like going oh sweet cogsman i'm so sorry but now that i am back in my fleshly form i i think the limitations on our i'll say opposing biologies would be too much for a, a romance but i hope always that i will maintain your friendship you have truly shown yourself to be an ally to the fantasy of family this evening I had feared as much. Perhaps a business partnership would be more prudent. No reason we can't have business and pleasure. If only there was a way that I could be human. If only. Dear Cogsworth, at the very least, you have certainly earned this for your valor. And you'll go on tippy toes and smooch that metal cheek. There's a gout of steam that comes out from the back of his neck. And he says, I'm very confused, but thank well, you. Not the first time I've gotten that reaction. <laughs> no, I did not mean to it. Please do not take that as an insult. Oh, no, what have I oh, done? No offense taken, Cogsman. Fear not. And uh, he tromps forward a bit, and he says, I, I must begin making repairs to my motor carriage. I wish you all a pleasant evening. Should you require an ex- uh, escort back to the fantasy immense. I am happy to accommodate you. And he bows at the joint, just and comes back. And uh, he says, I bid you all adieu and good night. And then he goes tromping out of the manse. I will do yet another quip. Ah, they just don't make them like they used to. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, the party guests are filing out. Things are dying down. Elaware is looking around at the state of her trashed mansion, trying mm. to figure out how she's going to clean all of this up. And I'd just like to know, in these final moments, what is, what is Drat doing? Uh, in these final moments, you see Drat walking in out of the doors that Cogsman came out, or went out of. Oh, yes, good evening, Cogsman. Have a good trip. Oh, hello, everybody. I'm back. It's me, Drat. Welcome back, Drat. No souls in the basement. It is all clean. Very good of you to check. Well, I suppose we should be making our way back to the Fantasia Manor. It seems like everything has been neatly tied up. Yes, that's right, mistress. There is nothing left to talk about. 
Alright. Yep. Let's just head on home. You head outside, leaving the manse of Burzen Saladrastar behind. Elaware exits the door as you guys are walking away, waving, and she says, Have a pleasant journey back. Thank you again for everything. I... I've lost a lot tonight, but I've gained so much more. And then another chair smashes out of a left window. She frowns. <laughs> and uh, she says, Please, come back any time. You're welcome to the town of Hosensluts whenever you'd like. <laughs> but of course, thank you, Elaware. Yes, thank you, my dear. You are always welcome at the Fantasia Manor. Please do come by soon. Perhaps at the, uh, at the next party? <laughs> yes, I guess it is our turn to host, isn't it? Oh, um, the things uh, from my father's artifact room. The, the monkey. Did you, did you still have it? Oh, uh, why no? I, I left it in, in the helmet of, I guess, my old body. Um, yes, it should still be in there. Oh, all right. I'll go down and get it then. Thank you all. Yes, thank you, my dear. Have a safe evening. She nods and uh, turns and closes the door of the manse behind her. When we all head out to the carriage, you see, sitting on top of the carriage in the driver's seat, the interplanner jailer holding the reins. Uh, hello there. I'm sorry. I think you have the wrong carriage. Oh, no, mistress, please. This, this is... um. I'll turn around. Oh, Jailer, what should we call you? I have had years to think about what my name should be. For a long time, I have only had a number designation. I think I would like to be called... Jar. It's a good name. Think of the way that it holds things. Like you do, Jar. You will hold these reins and cart us around and take us to many places. What I'm saying, mistress, is I did animate the jailer, and he came back, and I saw my wildest dreams come true in his eyes. He can drive the carriage from now on, and now I can ride inside with you and Sir Pavel. Uh, oh, yes, that is a good thing, yes. Uh, lively conversation we'll have in the back. Yes, and when your enemies perish, I will imprison their souls for all time, giving you unlimited power. It's a bonus. Well, this may be a wholly inappropriate use of an interplanar magical artifact, but after a night like tonight, Drat, you've earned some sit-down carriage time. Hop in the back with us. Oh, wonderful. And then I'll scramble into the back. <laughs> all right, I have an idea. I have an idea. Take me. Okay, here. so uh, uh, Pavel is holding onto his wound looking at the carriage, and he sees Alexandra uh, helping the excited drats uh, into the carriage, and they're chatting about where they could possibly sit, and drats excited about the window. Pavel thinks fondly of the past adventure, and he turns, he turns to the manor, pulls out his list, hiding it from Alexandria, and he writes his own name into the list. Puts it back in his pocket, looks back at Alexandria, has a smile, and hops in the cab. Well, now that we've come to the end, hi everyone, I'm James, 
I was your dungeon master. If you want to hear more of me, you can check out Tabletop Talk on YouTube. We play a lot of uh, more indie RPGs, and uh, we have several seasons of Call of Cthulhu, which you should absolutely check out. Uh, that's uh, Tabletop Talk uh, on YouTube. I'm Tom Yeager. I played Alexandria Fantasia this evening. I'd like to give a plug to Bandcamp.com. It's a great place to purchase new music, and they regularly waive their share of the profits so that struggling creators can actually get paid what their music is worth. I'll also mention that you can find all of the music that I do, including the music for this show, at TommyAMusic.com, and I'm available to hire for whatever your creative project is. Hey, I was Peter. Uh, no, I am Peter. Hey, I am Peter. Are you I sure? Pavel. I was Pavel. Who am I? I'm sure, hopefully. Uh, I do art on the side. Uh, so if you want to see my secret projects, check out my Instagram, Peter and Pigment. I also am on Tabletop Talk. So if you want to hear more of me, check it out as well. And lastly, it's me again, Morgan. I was Drat Karate. And what I want to tell you about is your local radio station across the whole planet. I bet your small town or big city has a local radio station that's playing a bunch of cool shit that you have never heard of. Up here in Seattle, we have 90.3 KXP, which I recently became a donor of. And I gotta say, it feels pretty good. I feel like I'm supporting something that I really enjoy and that brings a lot of good to other people. So check out your local radio station and you'll find a very warm community in trying times that always has some sort of content going on for you to listen to. I kept waiting for you guys to pull Cogsman's soul out of his out of his mechanical self and into a human, but that, that's a oh, syringe. Oh, that's a oh, syringe. Oh, the syringe. Okay, wait. The syringe. Ah, I mean, you know, I forgot <laughs> that I had it. Ah, the syringe. I, I also forgot. So, is that what it would have done, James? No, so Souls? the the syringe is the artifact that Burzen was using to extract the juice from the name of the speaker's name. Well, all's well that ends well. Except for the, uh... <clears throat> pile of corpses. I'd like to thank day players for partying with me. And I certainly hope you enjoyed yourselves. This series was produced by Tommy Egger and edited by Paxton Farrar. Original music by Tommy Egger. This series' album art is by Justin Bales and J.J. Obi. Day players is Paxton Farrar, Tommy Egger, and Morgan Vasiliev. We'll see you again soon for the next adventure. You guys start heading back towards your carriage, uh, and that's... I'm kind of out of steam. Okay, uh, James, I, 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 need, I need to take this. Give me, give me this. Are okay. you ready? Okay. Elaware goes down to the basement. Mm-hmm. She opens the hood of the, the mech, and the monkey is gone. She looks at it peculiarly, not understanding, but maybe it got lost in the shuffle somewhere. And now, we, planner, travel, camera shot, to 
James, new plane. You give me a you give me a plane. I'm the D- whoa. Look, look at me. Whoa. <laughs> I, am, I am the DM whoa. now. Uh, uh, I've been overtaken. Uh, let's see. Um, Gorzia, the gladiatorial plane. Ooh. Okay. The camera pans interplanarly to Gorzia. An absolutely insane gladiator match is happening between dinosaurs and monster trucks. Okay. Nature's nature's oldest enemies. And we look high up into the stands as the camera moves away from the carnage. And we see a cloaked figure kick their feet up with a bucket of popcorn. They shuffle some popcorn into their mouth. They pull their hood down. It's Isaac Mistmaker. Oh. Oh. Another cloaked figure sits down. Next to Isaac, did you get the thing? Isaac pulls out the golden monkey from his cloak. What? Go, go ahead, James. Be, be Isaac giving the monkey. Yeah, it was a close one. Getting that thing out of the helmet wasn't easy, especially when they thought I was passed out. Ugh, you tried doing sleight of hand after taking a header from a car. Oh, I never mean to. That's why I pay you the big bucks, Isaac. I'll be in touch. This monkey and I, we got a lot of catching up to do. (laughs) (laughs) Next time on Day Players. You have a license to hunt witches. Beer, ale, wine. Come on, give it all. All of it, all of it in one bottle. Okay. Okay. If we need to find out anything about the seedy underbelly, it'll be in there. Wake up, evildoer. It's time for your justices now. <laughs> I will go and talk to some cats. Dwarves aren't big on irony, I don't think. They love iron, though. It's like a horse love rider. And it was then that I took the oath. The oath of the ancients. I am now a paladin. These creatures are being bewitched. Do you know of a cat who looks like Hulk Hogan? <laughs> Let us cleanse these foul students. Let's go! Pow pals! Pow pals! Pow pals! Pow pals! I can't think of workshop that. Is there a way that we can make him human? <laughs> I mean, <gasps> is that a hook? Morgan, yes. True love's kiss. Beauty and the Beast. <laughs> I already kissed him earlier. Also, Pinocchio. <laughs> what? Yeah. Yes. Yeah, into a real boy. It's a classic. Who kisses him? Nobody. <laughs> <laughs> the only. <laughs> the only true love is the love of a father for a son. <laughs> Sinners. Uh, yeah. Well. You'll be shocked to know I already have someone in mind, someone who's been very helpful on this adventure. In fact, I wonder if he'll... Oh. Wait a minute. Who, you, who the fuck are you talking about? Cogsworth, baby. You're going to do Cogsworth? You're serious? He's, you you can't have an error. He told us his secret. He revealed... <laughs> yeah. He trusted everything to us. Tommy, kids tell me secrets every day. <laughs> Alexandra's very caught up at the moment. She's a romantic type. Uh. Maybe not. Who knows? This could all get cut later. Well, I'm 
very glad to see you all right. Um, I wish we could say the same for your wondrous carriage. Um, it really took things to the limit. Yes. yes. I, I believe that we would like to buy one as well. If you don't mind, mistress, I had a lot of fun driving this carriage. But of course, Strat. Oh, once this is all through, we will get a carriage and we'll have to requisition some land for a, a, some kind of driving course. A sort of racetrack. Yes, I a, like a this idea. And, and perhaps we could bring other people who have other speedy carriages. Yes, I'm liking this more and more. And maybe they can go around the loop 500 times very rapidly. Mm, yes. We'll call it the National Automated Speed <laughs> Carriage uh, Access Race. I like uh, it. Yes. <laughs> the National Associated Speed Carriage Access Race. It trips <laughs> off the tongue. <laughs> yes. It's weird that we've started with the anagram and worked backwards. <laughs> I don't know what you're talking about, Cogsman. <laughs> I haven't the foggiest. Well, since that's all getting cut. <laughs> what? 